What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Vulcan 7 Coaches and Mentors, where we bring you some of the best in the industry that share with you some of the tips and strategies so that you can implement in your business right now. And with that being said, today's guest, we're going to share with you exactly what you need to be doing right now as the market is changing. There's a lot of uncertainties, and perhaps a lot of you are wondering what to even focus on. So with that being said, I want to welcome Aaron Novello. So welcome, Aaron. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah. So for everyone that's watching that maybe is not familiar with you, can you share with us a little bit about your background? Yeah. So I've been in the real estate industry since 2006. My first calendar year, I made 13,000 bucks. Not something people would bring you on the coaches and mentors podcast to talk about. And it's because I had an inaccurate assessment of reality. You know, I had a lot of people that were telling me things like wear my name tag at the grocery store and smile at people or sit in open houses. And it wasn't until I got an accurate assessment of reality and realized what this game actually is, which is a direct hardcore sales business, just like selling books door to door, knives door to door, subscriptions over the phone. And it allowed me to focus my energy once I got that accurate assessment in places that actually you know, would pay off like role playing and practicing like prospecting. And once I got that accurate assessment next calendar year, I did 17 transactions, then 50, then 79 then 89 and 100 did a, over 100 a year for 10 years in a row did 200 deals a year twice. That's awesome. So obviously, you know, a lot of the agents that come to us that are probably watching this might be at a place where they are looking to transition from perhaps working with buyers to now they want to focus on listings or they want more consistent biz business pretty much. Yeah. Um, so for you, what was a turning point? Um, I know that you went from, you know, doing a very small amount in the beginning and then you kind of were able to figure out what you needed to focus on. So what would be some of the things that you would say to those agents? Yeah. So the first thing is that the money's not in the service, it's in the selling of the service. So in other words, people expect good service. They expect you to understand how to read contracts. They expect you to how to negotiate. It's kind of like the way I describe it to people. When you go to Whole Foods, like you don't jump up and down because they have groceries. You expect that, right? But the money's not there. The money is, is learning how to sell the service. So if I'm giving a talk and there's you know 500 agents in the room, I say, hey, do I, we all have the same kind of license that allows us to perform the same service? The answer is yes. The question is, do we all make the same amount of money? The answer is no. And the question is why? Some of us know how to sell the service better than others. So if I'm going to use my time, which we get about 27,550 days on planet Earth, that's the average. That's about 75 years in the industrialized world. Women have a tendency to live more than men. I'm 42, so I've used over half. Whatever's left, I'm going to sleep through a third of it. So that whole exercise is just to demonstrate there's not that much time. So if I'm going to spend some of my time, I want to make sure that I'm stacking it on top of an activity that compounds and is leveraged, right? And in our game, learning how to sell, learning how to have sales conversations, prospecting and taking someone that you don't know, and then you know, them deciding that they want to sit down with you and have a conversation, you pre-qualify that, handle objections, get a contract signed. That is a skill that is worth stacking your time on top of. So at the beginning of my career, I didn't know that. Once I got that accurate assessment, though, what I did is I spent, uh, I, I role played twice a day, six days a week for three years in a row because I recognize that there's no opportunities in this business. There's no, excuse me, there's no security in this business. There's only opportunities. So if I can get my skill set to such a degree that if there is an opportunity, I'll be able to execute on it, 
uh, I've just created security for myself and my family. Yes. So that's the first thing that I would say. And I, what I would propose is, is when a marketplace is great, it masks incompetency. And I mean that lovingly. Like in a previous market, you could be a rum dum show up and flip bops and make a hundred grand. That is no longer the case. Like you have to be very skilled. The last time we had 4 million transactions in the United States, which is what we're projected to have from 6 million was in 2009. And we only had 990,000 agents. We have like 1.6 million agents. So this is like the hunger games of real estate. And when the tide goes out, you could see who's wearing pants or not. So for people that aren't skilled and don't know how to sell, it's a, it's a rude kind of harsh awakening. But if you want to ramp up that learning curve, I would propose spending lots of time in role-playing and practicing to learn the actual conversation. So that way you can convert opportunities into contracts being signed. Absolutely. And I feel that that is something that agents should be doing, whether it's now or two, five years ago. Um, but for you specifically, what are you teaching your agents now that you weren't maybe covering so much two years ago? Yeah. So it's dealing with a shortage of inventory because the truth is, is 90%, hear me, 90% of everybody who owns a home right now and has a mortgage has a mortgage that's less than 6%. 60% have mortgages less than, less than 4%. So I'm aware, like people listening to this will shop on Amazon for three hours to save 20 bucks. And you get all mad because like somebody doesn't want to sell their home and trade a 4% rate for an 8% rate. It's like, of course they don't want to do that. So the only people that are going to actually do something right now are people that have to. So those would be life events like death, divorce, job relocation, moving to assisted living facilities, things of that nature. So what I'm laying out is a comprehensive, intentional plan to actually deal with a shortage of inventory. Not these things where people are like, it's all mindset. I'm like, you're an idiot. That's stupid. You need to give me tactical information that I can use to actually deal with the marketplace, right? Because our ability to deal with reality is directly correlated with getting what we want, period. So here's how we're sharing with them to deal with reality. Um, the first is, is having a niche of some sort because the riches are in the niches. So for me, I live in heaven's waiting room in Florida. We have the largest elderly population in the country. 50% of our business was probate in the States. It's market resistant. 65% of those homes are free and clear. And if they do want to sell, very highly motivated. Now, across the country, that is still the case. It may not be in as high a numbers as it is in Florida because we have a super hard, large elderly population, but it is a wonderful source. Also, divorce, right? Happens 50-something percent of the time. And often, there's a home that needs to be sold. So picking a niche of some sort that you can learn and take the time to learn now that'll serve you in perpetuity. Because what I'm aware of is those niches don't go away when the marketplace gets great. I mean, they're still there. The second thing is um, creating like a cash offer program. So if you noticed when everything was white hot, Zillow's, Redfin's, Home Lights, all of these companies had cash offer programs. Why were they doing that? Because they know 5% of the time people will accept the cash offer. The other 95% of the time, you know what they just generated? A seller lead. And they sell it back to agents for 35%, which isn't crazy, right? So having a cash offer program, and there's a service that uh, I've been referring agents because they already have this company in place where they get people to raise their hand. And what happens is, is you can approach them and say, hey, because here's my question, is if they're raising their hand and saying they want a cash offer, what's the probability there's a life event? Very high, okay? 
So they're raising their hand. You can approach them and say, hey, you know, uh, I can provide you with two options. One is we can give you a cash offer. Two is if for some reason you don't want that cash offer, we can help you to list the property and sell it. Mm -hmm. The thing that agents get wrong is they try to go and say to them like, hey, I can get you all this money. And then, oh, after I've presented you this cash offer that's lower and you're going to lose trust that way. So instead presenting it to them and saying, hey, you know, which would you prefer just so I'm clear you pre-qualify? If you don't mind me asking, was there any particular reason you're even considering selling? You know, some sellers, they value expediency more than they do actually netting a certain amount. So for you personally, which one has more value for you? So you can determine what the situation is, okay? The third thing that I would suggest that agents be doing is be making bold, audacious offers and guarantees. Because people say things like, well, you know, I guarantee you I'm going to do a great job. I'm like, that's who, who's going to get excited about that? That's dumb. So instead on all of your marketing and on, on the bottom of your email and all the you know media that you put out, having a bold, aggressive guarantee, something like, Hey, you know what? I guarantee I will sell your home in 30 days. And if I don't, I'll pay you utilities until we do, or I'll guarantee that I'll sell your home within the listing agreement. And if we don't, I'll give you $2,000 for the inconvenience. Because that will cause people to do what? Raise their hand. Mm -hmm. Now I get to decide what we forget during this whole process is I get to decide what the terms and conditions are. So if I tell you, hey, I'm going to, I guarantee that I'll sell it within the listing agreement. I can decide the listing agreement has to be a year. <laughs> if they say, hey, I guarantee that, you know, we'll sell it within the first 30 days. And if we don't, uh, I will pay your utilities until we do. A couple things are true. First one is, is if you had to pay two months of utilities that are 200 bucks a month, would you care? No. The second thing that's true is I get to ask pre-qualifying questions to find out. So if I say, hey, if you don't mind me asking, was there any reason you were even considering selling? They're like, nope, I want my price. That's a red flag. They say, okay, if for some reason you don't get your price and if you had to wait for three years, would that be okay? Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Then I'm not going. But they've raised their hand and it's generating leads. Does that make sense? Yeah, and then the fourth thing that we're suggesting to people is, is volume, because what we do does not change how much of it we do and how we do it is what changes based on market dynamics. So in 2020, 2021, whatever, you could make seven contacts a day and make a hundred grand. Yeah. Now it probably needs to be three times that amount. So personally, as an agent, I would propose 20 to 30 per day five to six days a week. That's six days, Saturdays. I did that religiously for my career. You add an extra 40 something days of prospecting. If you 50 days of prospecting, which is a whole month. Right. Um, and you know, if you have a great appointment, you can go on it. If not, you just call it a day and do whatever you want, but doing that six days a week. And then if you wanted to really ramp up volume, uh, you know, having people make calls on your behalf, whether those be VAs or telemarketers. So now you're making a hundred contacts a day. So if you implement all of these things, you have a niche that you can go directly to that is a life event, right? You also have a, a cash offer program that are generating leads. You have a bold, audacious offers that are getting people to raise their hand. You're making 20, 30 contacts a day. Plus you got people calling. You are directly dealing with a shortage of inventory and you'll still be able to get your unfair share in this environment. Awesome. No, everything that you just mentioned is exactly what agents need to be doing. Now, is there a brutally honest piece of advice that you would give perhaps newer agents or just agents regarding prospecting now? Yeah. I mean, it's just that like, look, there's a reason that 80%, there's an 80% attrition rate. So the in the first year of getting a license, 80% of the people who get a license are doing something else within a year. And there's a reason because they don't understand 
what they're getting into, which is a direct hardcore sales business that requires you to prospect. And the thing that I want everybody to really recognize is your job as a salesperson is to be in the presence of prospects, period. It is not to do paperwork. <laughs> it is not to, you know, answer calls. It's to be in the presence of prospects. And truthfully, I don't care how you're in the presence of prospects as long as you're doing it, right? So if for you, prospecting is pumping out loads of content so you can be in front of people all the time, great. If it's banging on the phone and prospecting six days a week and making 20, 30 contacts a day, great. My suggestion, do both. So that way you're increasing the probability that you're going to be in the prospects presence of prospects long enough. The other thing I would say is that anybody can do this job like a day a week. Some people can do it two days a week. There is very few people that can do it five to six days a week. If you can, and you can turn yourself into the type of person that can do that in a capitalistic society, if you know how to sell, you will be disproportionately rewarded for your efforts. Like you can literally make millions of dollars a year selling real estate. You are not doing brain surgery. You are not saving anybody's life. And it's legal. You could sell as much as you want. So what I would suggest is that, you know, you might be saying to yourself like, hey, like why me? Why is this happening right now? Here's a really good question. Instead of it happening to you, why is it happening for you? So you want to be a rock star salesperson? Great. I'm going to give you a tough environment. And it'll force you to get faster, quicker, stronger. Because what I didn't mention in that intro is in 2007, my mom had a brain bleed and I shut down my business and moved marketplaces and started over from scratch. And then 2008 happened, which was an absolute collapse. Not what we're experiencing now. This is like a little blip. That was, you know, financial institutions going out of business. That was 40% of everything on the market was foreclosures and prices were going down 30% a year, right? So, what I'm aware of is I would prefer that not have happened to my mom. At the same time, you know what that forced me to be? Faster, quicker, stronger, stronger from a mental perspective, um, better at prospecting because I got thrown into an environment where everybody was running for the hills and telling me like, hey, this is like the worst time to be selling real estate when in fact I grew my business by 25% year over year and it laid the foundation for you know doing thousands of transactions moving forward. That's awesome. And, you know, with the interest rates going on right now, the market, you know, lawsuits happening, how do you motivate your agents? Maybe you're the agents that you coach or just agents in general, because there's so much confusion. Some want to leave. Like, what do we do? Yeah. So, I mean, it makes me think of a few things. One is uh, Deion Sanders, when he uh, started with Colorado, he went in and he had a really stern talking to everybody. And he said to all of the players that were there, listen, you should get into the portal right now. Basically, like you should leave because I just fired all the coaches and they recruited you. So you should leave. And if you don't leave, I'm going to really make it my job to get you to leave. Now, some of them left. What's so interesting afterwards, they asked him, like, why did you say that to them? And he's like, well, if just my mere words scare you, you shouldn't be here. This is not going to work. I had a buddy of mine, I remember in 2020, he's a, I've known him since we're like five years old and he's an ER doctor. And I called him, I said, hey man, I really appreciate what you're doing like with the hospitals and everything and like putting yourself out there. You know what he said to me? Don't sign up to be a firefighter and run away when there's a fire. So what I'm aware of is like people need our help, guys. Like the reason why you're belly aching is because you're thinking selfishly. You're just thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about the people that need help. So by turning yourself into the type of person that can help them, you make yourself more valuable. You don't get more because you want more. You get more because you become more. That's the real truth. And it's hard. And it's like, you know, and nature doesn't reward need. 
You know how many animals in the animal kingdom need to eat? All of them. You know which one get to eat? The ones that deserve it. It rewards deserve the ones that hunt every day. The ones that, you know, chase a gazelle for two miles and it gets away. Can you imagine the gazelle after chasing for two miles, looking up at the sky and being like, that's not fair. I really tried really, really hard. You should give me a consolation prize like a baby little gazelle. That's not the way it works because the, the, the lion has two options. One, sit and suck their thumb or two, start hunting again if they're hungry because otherwise they're going to die. Like that's just the way it is, right? So I think um, for those people that like are like, hey, I'm thinking about doing something else, you, you probably should because it's not going to be easy. For those people that recognize like, hey, this is, I don't know if you know this, but out of all the fortune, like uh, the S&P 500 in the last hundred years, there's only four companies that are still standing over the last hundred years. But all four of them were started in difficult economic times. Mm -hmm. Because if you can do it then, you could do it in any environment. So this is like a fantastic opportunity to really become a supersonic ninja salesperson. It's a fantastic opportunity to really understand how the industry is changing and therefore add a lot of value to a lot of people. So it just all depends on how you frame it. So for agents that are maybe looking to transition from being buyer's agents to now solely focus on listings, what would be some of the first steps for them to start to take? Yeah. So one is they have to really like make a decision. So the suffix "ide," homicide, suicide, pesticide, genocide, it means to kill. So it means to kill off any other option, right? So they have to decide this is what I'm going to do. So to give an example, once I made that decision, I didn't even own an e-key for like 14 years. I couldn't even show property even if I wanted to. It wasn't even an option. I didn't even think about it as a way of making money. The only thing I focused on was prospect, leave, follow, go on appointments, negotiate deals. The only way I personally earned income was through listing property and selling. So you have to make a decision, not like this, like, oh, I'm going to dabble with it because I kind of have to right now. It's like, no, no, this is like a, because it's going to require a lot. When you think about it, I mean, there's 20,000 agents in the multiple listing service and there's only a hundred in my multiple listing service. There's only a hundred that do over uh, 20 million in volume. That's it. So you have like 20,000 people competing for a hundred jobs. So it's, if that's what's true, it's like, okay, what would your schedule look like? Would you be a listing agent or work with buyers? What would your, you know, kind of regiment be with how you take care of your body? And like, you know, what would your regiment be with what you're reading and how many books you're reading? Like, if I was to look at your library, would I say like, hey, you're a serious student of sales? Or would I be like, hey, you're a serious student of the Kardashians? Like, what yeah. are you focusing your time and energy on? So the first one is make a decision. The second is you have to ramp up the learning curve because the challenge is, is that with working with buyers, there's very little rejection. And if you're going to work with sellers, you're going to need to get a PhD in rejection. You're going to get rejected. Like I remember standing in front of a room of people. I was giving a talk. I'm like, yeah, I made set. I, I talked to 7,000 people this year. I got 142 to say yes. And everybody looked at me like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, you're just not willing to hear no that many times. So you have to recognize that that's what's true, but you also have to ramp up the skill because at first you're going to have to make like, at first I had to make like 200 contacts to set one appointment mm -hmm. where now I could be on the phone and then, and, you know, make 12 contacts and set two appointments. So you have to ramp up the skill set, really practice. I would get into a role play group. We have one. I know other people have one, but I would get proximity to somebody who can uh, 
get you connected, get you the scripts. And then like, you got to start get it being the presence of prospects. However, that is whether that's knocking on doors, calling people, start making those contacts. I would record what you sound like, send it to somebody like a mentor or a teacher or somebody who can give you um, some feedback as far as what's going on and how you can improve. And then, you know, if you do that, if you, if, if you sincerely do that and you're making between 20, 30 contacts a day, you're going to set an, you don't have to be good. You just have to be there. Like you're going to set an appointment. Every squirrel gets a nut. You're going to bump into somebody and then you'll be off to the races. Absolutely. And, and I think the key is consistency as well, because sometimes agents transition or they only do it for like a week and then they think it doesn't work or people are not answering. And just like you said, if you're making 20, 30 contacts every single day, eventually you're going to hear that person that tells you, yeah, you know. Yeah. And repetition is the mother of learning and the father of action, which makes it the architect mm -hmm. of accomplishment. So consistency is this thing that throughout like all humans is a challenge. That's why like the gym industry is like a billion dollar industry. Like it shouldn't be, but it is. And gym owners know that they can buy a whole thing of equipment and like everybody will sign up and nobody will go. <laughs> so yeah. um, what I'm aware of is, is, you know, if you can turn yourself into somebody who can do this consistent, consistently, then the sky's the limit, like truly. Uh, you can make as much money as you, you know, want or perhaps desire. And it's, you have to put it in the context. Like if, if I was going to teach you a language after three months, would you be fluent? <laughs> no. After six months? No. After a year, you might be able to find a bathroom and ask for some bread, but like, you're not going to hold like a high level intellectual conversation. <laughs> like if back in the day, if you wanted to learn a skill, you had to go through an apprenticeship and you had to sign seven years of your life over to the master. That's how long it took for you to master that particular skill. And at first, let's say you want to learn painting, right? Well, you think like, oh, I get to paint right away. No. You know what you did for a whole year? You made brushes. That's it. Just the hairs and the brushes. The next year, you think you got to paint? Nope. Now you just make the paint. Next year? Nope. Just make canvases for a whole year. Then you get to paint, but it's like the bushes in the back, not the main thing. And then as time progressed towards that seventh year, you would have to do one piece. You'd have to make the paint, make the brushes, make the canvas, paint the whole thing, present it to the master. And the master said, okay, you're ready to go do this commercially because now you're tied to my name forever. Because people be like, oh, that is that is Jim that was trained by Aaron. Yeah. So it's just putting that into context. And I think because we live in a, you know our world with social and all that other stuff where we expect instant gratification, like, you know, think about when you plant a seed. If you plant a seed, do you expect like a full avocado tree in like three months? No. Now imagine you stood over that tree, that seed, and you yelled at it with a bullhorn. Like, hurry up, goddammit. It's taking too long. What are you doing? This is silly. And then, you, and then you're yeah. reading books to the seed, like the five ways to get faster and all that. Like you would think I was crazy, right? But that's what we do. We don't yeah. like want to understand. And here's what I want people to realize. So when I ask them, what does the word patience mean? They give me time. That's not what actually the word means. The Latin derivative of the word patience is patenti. Do you know what patenti means, Loida? No. It means to suffer. So what patience really is, is your ability to endure suffering. Because if I want something and I don't have it, that means I'm probably going to suffer. So it's just a recognition. It's going to take a while. It's not going to happen like overnight. You want to be a dominant listing agent, list 100 homes a year. It's probably going to take five to seven years of your life of consistent effort.
Yeah. And something that you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago was you have role play and also the proximity to someone that has already done it or is doing it at a high level. So go ahead and tell us about your coaching or programs that you have to help agents in case anyone that's listening is interested in joining them. Yeah. So a couple things. We have uh, classes that are online in 23 countries and eight languages that teach people what to say and how to say it. So I recognize a lot of people would want to role play with me. And I would say, well, I'm only one person. So how could I actually make myself available to more people? And that's where those courses came from. So whether it's for sale by owners, expires, I did a hundred deals, 75 were expires one year. Um, you know, prequal, the actual listing presentation, handling objections, presenting offers. You get all seven of those in a bundle. That's a course online that you can watch whenever you want as frequently as you want. There's no limitations. We also have uh, a role play group that guarantees a role play partner five days a week. All they have to do is just show up. We handle all the scheduling for them. If they don't show up and they don't give us 24 hour notice three times, we kick them out. And if they pay us and they don't show up and give us 24 hour notice, we still kick them out. We don't give them their money back because the strength of the group is based on the consistency of its members. And what I've done is I've recreated the same environment for myself, which is where I role play twice a day, six days a week. So we have one in the morning at 730 which is for setting appointments. And we have one in the afternoon at 1130 just for the listing presentation because you can't get good at something you don't do all the time. You should not be practicing on potential listings because they're worth too much money, 10, 15, 20, 25,000 bucks, right? And then we have a group coaching call that I lead uh, as well, uh, which is for an hour, uh, you know, once a week via Zoom where I'm, you know, I hop on and add value and, you know, share with people skills, mindset, you know, systems, things of that nature to help them to be as successful as they possibly can. Awesome. So is there a website where people can go or how can they find you? Yeah. AaronNovello.com. Okay. There you go. So Aaron, thank you so much for all of the information that you've dropped today. I know that a lot of the agents that are watching this will now be able to implement a lot of the tips and strategies that you mentioned. What would be the last tip that you would leave everyone watching just so that they can go out there and start doing? Yeah. So I think really recognizing that this is like an enormous opportunity. And what I mean by that is like, you know, I did a mission trip where I went to Haiti, which is the poorest country in the Western hemisphere. And, you know, we think it's like, oh, it's so tough. Like, <laughs> I, I've never seen people wait online for rice and beans for like, you know, seven hours. Right. And what I'm aware of is I view this as my duty and obligation to take full advantage of the opportunity in front of me, because if I don't, it's disrespectful for all the people who don't have it. Like we get to stand in air conditioning and go blah, 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 and get in a moving couch that entertains us on the way there. Knock on the door, smile, go blah, 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 scribble on a sheet of paper, and you can make you know, 200, 300, 500, 600, a million dollars a year, right? So um, yeah, I think it's just recognizing that opportunity and recognizing that uh, there's people that would cut off their right arm to be able to have access to it, and you have it. So you might as well take full advantage of it. There you go. Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you once again. We're going to make sure to put all of your links in the description box below. So with that being said, thank you everyone for watching and we'll see you on the next one. Awesome. Appreciate the opportunity.